First off, I'd like to say congratulations. You are in at the beginning of something amazing. I'm about to show you something that's amazing. You guys want to see something amazing? Yes, I want to see something amazing. Yeah. What is it? So amazing. Amazing. Whoa, amazing! What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. This week on Something Amazing. It's the Octopus Episode. Octopus Episode. That's right, a whole episode just about octopuses. And for the first time ever, we have a dinky die guest. Yes. In the flesh, in the room. Joining us today will be our friend and comedian, Luke Ryan. Uh, that and friendship and, of course, facts. On, on, on octopuses. They're all on octopuses here on Something, Something Amazing. Whoa! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Something, Something Amazing. And can you believe it? It's the time you've all been waiting for. <laughs> the octopus episode. That's right, a whole episode about octopuses. Octopi, octo... We have been getting emails after emails after emails being like, come on, guys, it's it's all we want from you. I mean, they've been emailing it at hellosomethingamazing at gmail.com being like, give us more octopus. Hi, octopuses. So here's what happened is um, last week we did, uh, uh, well, you did a lot of animal facts. Yeah, it was my animal So I was basically an animorph. You couldn't tell I was I was mid-transformation. So whilst we were talking about all these animal facts, octopuses, pussies, octopods, they, they came up uh, and then we said, okay, well, look, there's one guy in all of Melbourne who knows a lot about octopuses. Let's just invite him in. And he can lead the octopus episode. Octop- uh, so, please welcome <laughs> Luke Ryan. Hey, hey Those guys! Of you may remember Luke uh, from an earlier episodes where uh, we oh, used yeah. to record in his house. Yes, and he'd come home and be like. Hey guys <laughs> He would always barge through our recording studio So and rude For some reason you guys never chose to edit that bit out No, no I th- <laughs> That I high quality content <laughs> Yeah, yeah which, which makes you think what did they edit yeah, out Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, lot of stuff that is not great No, the reason that we invited you in Luke is because you uh, introduced me to the amazing world of octopods all right, so <laughs> apparently the plural to octopus is octopodes. What? Says I did not who? see that coming. This is, says this that. is the actual word. Octopodes. They do accept octopuses. That is fine. Who's but they? octopodes. Who is who the is this? masters of language? Mr. Oxford. Okay. All right. No, I trust that guy. Octopods. Octopodes. Octopodes. With an E at the end. All right. Okay. Well, this is- Octopodes, if you're so inclined. (laughs) I feel like there's a good, uh, like, easy way to write episode and octopodes. You're going to do this. By the end of this episode, you'll have it. Yeah. Octopesit. No. No. Octopesode. I think it's deceptively difficult. Mm. Uh, But anyway, that's why we're here, to discuss octopodes this episode. So, I've known you for a while, Luke, but I did not know that you were the master of octopodes. Neither did I until this (laughs) episode got introduced. Uh, (laughs) And I would like to say up up front, I am no marine biologist. I am someone who read a very informative article in the London Review of Books. And then, because that's the kind of guy who I am, I proceeded to tell a lot of people about it at parties. As if I had, in fact, read 
all these various books. So you are the master of octopodes. The octo- octopodes know you as as daddy. You are the leader. <laughs> yes, that, that is what you should have drawn from my previous disclaimer. Great. Yeah. I am the king and will brook no disagreement. Okay. Like, to, be, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised with the lack of limbs you have. Well, it depends what you can see right now, Amberly. Oh. <laughs> I, I, actually, here's one fun fact. I found out that one of the octopodes' uh, legs serves as a penis. Really? Wow, I did not even have that one. And I am king of octopodes. <laughs> yeah, so when you, like, um, shake hands with an octopus... You could be just... You're playing Russian roulette, really. <laughs> <laughs> so depending on what kind of mood it's in, it's like either friendly or hilarious prank. Yeah, Wait, exactly. because maybe all... There's, like, maybe there's lots of different things. Because I learned that the octopodes... Let's just say octopi. Don't! <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned that they actually have, like, four sets of two. So does that mean there's just one that's, like... One arm and one penis. Like, no, isn't like it the- con- contentious? Aren't like scientists going, oh, look, you know, you'd normally say that an octopi has eight legs. They'd say they wouldn't arms. say octopi. Arms. Eight arms. And, yeah, and it's now- arms because legs they never use for this. And apparently, tentacles is only applicable if there is a sucker at the end of it. Wow, but because octopuses <laughs> <laughs> have suckers all the way up. Their tentacles become legs. Oh. Wait. So, wait, so arms their legs or, legs or arms or legs? I mean, oh, I'm sorry. God, <laughs> this is confusing. Because, because I heard there's some debate amongst the scientific community. Some are now claiming that they have six arms and two legs. Well, I mean- Oh, man. Let's just- at the beginning, say the amazing thing about octopuses is that they are so incredible, but we know very little about them. Mm. And we find it very hard to understand exactly how they work, exactly how their brains work, exactly how their arms work, because they are so sort of alien to ourselves. Like, and it all comes back to this like one central incredible thing about the octopus. How do you narrow it down to just <laughs> I know, but like, let's say there's, this is a core one yeah. uh, upon which a lot of other amazing stuff is kind of built. But it's the fact that the octopus's brain is not in its head or not solely in its head like in the way that humans we've just got this big thing up here and if something goes wrong boy are we in trouble (laughs) (laughs) but for an octopus only a third of its neurons are in its brain the other two-thirds are just spread out evenly along its body. What? So, its whole kind of- Its whole body has body, a mind of its own. Essentially. And part of the confusion for scientists now is that, like, the arms can operate essentially independently, but yet they all seem to be contributing to a single sort of sense of this octopus being its own So, they're almost agent. like a colony of ants within an animal. I guess so. Most of the, like, there are still, like, I think, core purposes that are reserved for the brain, but the amount of stuff that these arms can do independently of the octopus is kind of amazing. Like, to the extent that they've done studies where they cut, or, you know, they've amputated an octopus's leg. I know, this is pretty mean. Um, But what they then found is that those octopus arms can exist or they can keep functioning for about an hour and will continue to grapple and interact with things, except for its old host, any other amputated octopus limbs or other octopuses. So, presumably, the arm is capable of itself of discerning both where it came from and other members of its species. So Terrifying. So, <laughs> so, I heard that octopuses, if they're threatened, like a lizard drops its tail, it can drop its arm and just go, get out of here. 
But that you're saying that arm will continue to, to what like hunt for food and try and deliver it to a mouth that doesn't exist. Oh, it's like um the Iron Giant with all of his limbs, and then he calls them all back in. <laughs> exactly like that. I've never seen the Iron Giant. What Vin sad. Diesel's finest work? I feel sad for the the poor arm that's now its own sentient being for an hour for an hour we're a very time limited sentient being uh, but with no nothing to do well i guess you know in that time it can do a bunch of things because each arm can independently taste and smell and have been shown oh, to wow. have short-term memory oh. <laughs> i i learned a thing that um that octopuses can suffer from autophagy or self-cannibalism and they can start like eating their own arms due to stress so in that way they're not only eating themselves but they're like eating themselves yeah they can hear every waking thought of the tentacle that or the arm they are jamming into their mouth wow Wow, it's very Uruburus, isn't it? It is very Uruburus. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep reading things like some some are like, oh, like, because um, like, usually invertebrates, they're not like considered as like sentient mm. as other animals. But then some people are like, well, octopuses are the only sentient invertebrates. And other people are like, octopuses are as clever as humans. Like mm. there seems to be lots of different like, are they even sentient? Are they the level of us? Like it mm. seems to be like from the top to the bottom, mm. wh- where are they at? Yeah, I mean, and this is a particularly pertinent conversation considering A, that we eat a lot of octopus in this world and B, that half the time when we eat octopus, it is in the most barbaric ways imaginable oh, yeah, like when we where pour, we eat them alive. Or soy sauce on them and like watch them like squirm. Yeah, yeah. Like apparently like, you know, fishermen out in the sea would just grab an octopus and bite its brain out, Aww. which we now know would not actually kill the octopus immediately because it has two thirds of its neurons <laughs> like in its legs still feeling what happened. But like this whole... A question of how smart is an octopus is a really fascinating one because we split from octopuses a long time ago, like before any sentience or really existed on Earth at all. We like, were just humans. like blo- blobby, we being humans, but also we being pretty much every other creature that we consider to be sentient, like fish, birds, other mammals, everything. Like, the point at which we split from the octopus, which they think was about 600 million years ago. Quite a a fair time ago. Our common ancestor was probably this kind of blind, worm-like creature that lived underwater and had no real discernible (laughs) interests or characteristics. And that was the kind of point at which our paths split. And then we developed sentience over the next, you know, a few hundred million years. And so did the octopus, but in a completely independent stream like it did it with no reference to us it wasn't sharing genetic material it wasn't looking at us and going that's a great idea (laughs) it was just busy developing its very own form of intelligence well this is kind of the the question i asked last episode right like if if humans came from that thing that first crawled out of the water and then adapted and over time became us um octopodes octopodes (laughs) have had the same amount of time like, they've had the same amount of time. So, it, why is it not arguable that there would be some creature under the sea that has either human-like or on its way to human-like intelligence? I mean, I guess this goes to that question of what 
purpose does intelligence have? Um, and like the octopus has probably found like its ideal level of intelligence, which seems to be by any measure very high, but it's kind of tempered by these other weird things like octopuses don't live for very long. They're fast breeding, fast growing, fast dying creatures. It's just enough time for them live to- Live the fast and furious oh, life. Oh man, <laughs> like a candle in the wind, mother flippers. <laughs> Do you think that humans are- Special, or do we just believe we're special? We definitely believe we're special. Yeah, like is it a quirk of evolution, or or are we, um, like have we passed some kind of great big intelligence barrier, or have we just had more time and involved in a slightly different way where we perceive this uh, discussion of um, purpose and evolution and our place in the universe as being something different, but it's just maybe. Um, the same stimuli response that, that other creatures are having. That is a big question and probably <laughs> no, just bigger answer, than answer our that. fun uh, <laughs> episode about octopus could you really just love approach. love sending people into existential crises. Well, what do you think, Emily? Do you think- um, I think that humans are bad. Okay. <laughs> and we ruin everything. Um, that is pretty much one of our major traits. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it is the question of, like, what is consciousness? Do animals have it? Um you know, what do we pile into that? Is self-awareness a trait? I mean, octopuses seem to exhibit a strong sense of self-awareness. I like- need proof. Give me proof. <laughs> Give us a story. Yeah. <laughs> Just in a lot of different tests. They seem to be able to, like, identify. They definitely have spatial memories. They know they can explore places, understand where things are, and then plan accordingly based mm-hmm. on, like, you know, how they need to get through mazes or anything yeah, like well, that. The the jar opening challenge. So, apparently, yeah. like, octopuses, octopodes, sorry. Octopuses in, is right, too. Yeah. Uh, in uh, captivity, like, one of their the, the good challenges for them to play is opening a jar. And, like, um, in 2006, there was a Billy with an E at the end. So, Billy, I guess. It's a giant Pacific octopus, and it's in the Seattle Aquarium. Aquarium, um, and they were like, oh, let's test how smart this octopus is. Let's put its dinner herring inside a child-proof jar. Oh, mm. child-proof. I can't even get into those. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like- No matter how much herring there is stuffed inside, <laughs> you've got to- And you gotta, I love herring. <laughs> you've got to push and turn. And so, like, as a human handler, you can't teach an octopus how to get through it. It just has to learn itself. Uh, it only took 55 minutes for it to work it out. Oh, I think I could open it in quicker than 55 minutes. Then it remembered how it did it, so it got it down to, like, five minutes. Oh, it's got me there. Then in a non-childproof jar, Ozzy the octopus is a record breaker after being the first of its species to open a jar in less than 60 seconds wow. at the Island Bay Marine Education Wait, Centre. Wait, childproof, non-childproof? Non-childproof. Okay. But it was in New less Zealand. Less impressive. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then so... Like, in tw- that beat the previous record, 2012, from Cassandra, another octopus at the centre that achieves the same feat, but didn't manage to do it in under a minute. Well, they can qu- do it from both ways, too. They can open a jar from inside and outside a jar. So, if they're inside a jar, they're able to unscrew it from being inside it. And if they're outside a jar, they're able to unscrew it using their tentacles, not tentacles, their arms. Mm. <laughs> um, and... I mean, that is, uh, you think about, like, putting an octopus in your jar and you're like, really? But it's, like, one of those great things about it because of the, like, weird ways in which octopuses are structured and being invertebrates and not really having, like, bones around, they can get out of almost anything. Like, even the biggest octopus in the world, which is the Great Pacific Octopus, which has an arm span of, like, six metres and oh. can whoa, weigh- Whoa, 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 And can weigh 40- More like Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> and can weigh about 40 kilos or more. 
they can fit themselves through a one-inch hole. Oh, my God. <laughs> because that is the diameter of the eye. Oh. And that is the only thing they can't squish down. Wow. Oh. This is one of the reasons why octopuses are very hard to, like, keep in captivity. And yeah, there's always so many it. amazing stories of, like, octopuses, like, getting out of strange situations. Like, it was an inky or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned about inky. Uh, he was a male common New Zealand octopus, and he escaped his um, enclosure through a small opening, and he slid across the floor during the night and then s- squeezed his body through a narrow pipe leading into the open waters. Oh, good. wow. Oh, like a full escape. Yeah, like through a pipe. <laughs> like full on like finding Dory. Like, but that's the thing. I think that's only the most basic level of how amazing octopuses are at escaping. Like they have exhibited some other awesome stuff. And I, just quickly going back to like what you were talking about, how, you know, they've trained themselves to do these tasks and become progressively faster. And it's amazing people. It's quite interesting. For a long time, they were written off like as being quite dumb, dumb because they wouldn't learn these basic tasks that like other sort of creatures like dogs and rabbits or whatever or mice would be able to do where you like, you tap X lever and you get food. You tap Y lever, you get a shock. And they're like, these octopuses seem to be uninterested in taking part in the study and like would <laughs> rip like the levers off the walls rather than just squeeze them for treats. Yes. And apparently in this like particularly famous one back in the like, late 50s, I think, the re- research was like, indeed, the octopus continued to squirt water towards me in what could only be construed as a deliberate fashion. <laughs> I read about one who would, every night, he would squirt water into the light, light circuits yes. above him. And so they'd come in every day and, like, all of the lights would be out and they were like, what is going on? And he was, yeah, he just knew that that would, like, short circuit the whole their whole system. Well, this is the thing. Like, octopuses seem to know that they're being held captive. Like, they know that this is not the environment they're in and they kind of know enough to want to resist. And like, they, they do want to escape or they do want to make life harder for people. And they've got all these, like, amazing tools that they can do because they seem to be able to, like, process what's happening around them better than most creatures. Like, escape attempts, which are very frequent, they will tend to do when no one's watching. So they know enough about, like, people's movements in and out of the lab that they'll wait until they have a spare moment and no one's around before they try and make their escape out. And they reckon they can, um, like, uh, recognise humans, even if they're wearing the same thing. They Mm. know they can tell them apart. Mm. Yeah, they absolutely apparently can recognise humans and respond differently to different people. Octopuses. (laughs) And it has been noted. (laughs) Um, There's other cool stuff, like one of them, or at least on a couple of occasions, I think they've flooded labs that they're in by deliberately (laughs) plugging valves in their tanks. (laughs) (laughs) So the water level just rises, overflows. They just watch it with glaze. Um, And this is kind of one of my favourite just because it's such a good image. So in some, like, lab somewhere, they were feeding the octopus squid. I mean, it seems a bit creepy anyway. Yeah. Well, they already self-cannibalised, so so now they're like, we'll make it happen. So they will eat squid, but they're never super happy about it. Like, it's it's not their favourite thing. So apparently one time these guys fed the um, octopus some squid. And then they came back a couple of hours later and there was this one octopus who just kind of grabbed his squid and sort of was holding it, like, above the water level (laughs) and, like, staring at the researcher. (laughs) And when the researcher kind of went back, like, looked back at the octopus, 
the octopus just kind of like drifted over and then proceeded to drop the squid down a drain. <laughs> Thanks for this. Yeah, all while maintaining eye contact. Yeah, like, see, this eye contact was very stand. important. I, I read this story about this uh, in 2011. Uh, the Seattle Aquarium, they like they had this big mystery on their hands where um, they would just turn up. Uh, into this giant marine enclosure and these kind of small but still sharks, dogfish sharks, they kept turning up dead and they were like, what is what is happening? Why are these sharks dying? So they put a video camera on it and then at night the large giant Pacific octopus would attack strangle the shark before dragging its carcass away under its web. <laughs> and there's a video that I sent you on your the way in here, Yeah, Emily. yeah, it was a great little watch on the way in. It's a good little um, Australian video because in Yelling Up, there's a video of a, of a octopus out of the water picking up a crab and then dragging it back <laughs> under the water. I mean, this is all making them sound like... Maniacs, like criminal, homicidal criminal mastermind. But, like, there is a flip side to it. I mean, it's kind of crazy as well because, like, in almost all octopus species, (laughs) the females do eat the males after um, mating. So there is definitely, like, an undercurrent of deep, brutal violence to it all. I read somewhere that that, for any animal species, Mm. is the the male being like, oh, hey... why don't, instead of finding another man, just eat me, and then you'll you'll have something to do while while my seed is in you, and then maybe you can have my babies. It's like the man just wow. being like, "Look, just eat me." But <laughs> I'm nutritious. <laughs> well, here's the thing: though. octopuses resist this. Like they kind of oh. know that it's supposed to be their lot in life, but they've developed techniques where they basically, as far as I can tell, like get some sperm on their like arm. And then, like, hold it at this distance and try and, like, dab it into the uh, woman, but keeping out of the woman's grasp. So <laughs> that, like, as soon as she gets a sperm, it can, like, jet off and save itself. Oh, wow. Mm. But frequently it does not work. And <laughs> yum. Yum. It's dinner. Yeah. Contrasted to this is um, thinking about the fact that they can recognize humans. Apparently they're also really, like, welcoming when, uh, like, divers come into their zone because they're oh. very solitary creatures and don't like hang out with other octopuses um but apparently you know sometimes when divers will come in they'll kind of like be greeted by an octopus and often you know it'll just kind of like wrap a tentacle or two around their arm and then take them on a nice little tour of the neighborhood i don't trust it i don't trust it (laughs) oh look i made this nice place for you look do you like these shells i collected them apparently they do sometimes they'll like redecorate their tank the one Mm. that used to squirt um water to shortcut he also like got bored in the winter when people weren't around so he'd just like play around with his enclosure and just like redecorate to make it nicer See, now, this is what fascinates me, octopus society. Like, Mm. the whole thing of um, octopodes (laughs) working together to create social structures. Mm. It was in The Guardian this year. It's called Octlantis. (laughs) And they found, like, this underwater city that was being built by octopuses. What? And they were like, it's got architecture and it's got, like, a social structure. So, it, like, is Atlantis. Yeah. 
Yeah, like it, it was it was weird because, and it's actually like in Australia as well. They're congregating. Uh, and oh, they're, they're planning something. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do an episode about octopuses without talking about Paul, the most famous octopus in the world. Oh, yes, of course. The psychic octopus. We talked about their societies. We talked about their like animal instincts. I don't even believe that humans can be psychic. Okay. Well, I feel like I'm, I'm more likely to believe uh, in them because they're more magical than us. <laughs> I'll just tell you the facts. It was in Germany. Paul, the octopus, uh, he successfully chose a muscle from one of two boxes um, and each time the box had, like, the flag of two teams in the 2010 World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, it would be, like, this country versus this country and two muscles and Paul would pick a muscle and that team would go on to win. But would he, could- would he also eat the muscles? Yeah, this is dinner. He, he was wasn't just-, just picking the yummiest muscle? What, maybe. And they weren't just rigging the games and therefore putting the yummiest muscle in the in the one that was most likely to win. Look, he picked the outcome of all seven matches. This is a conspiracy. As, as well as the winner with the final match between Spain and the Netherlands. The odds of picking all these matches correctly are about 1 in 256. Unless you've told someone to accidentally fall over in the game. Well, you know how he said that octopuses uh, really want to escape? Yep. Well, maybe somebody whispered to Paul and said, hey, mate, if you pick all of the matches correctly, you we get to will be in re- the ocean. We'll return you to the ocean because that's exactly what happened. Oh, really? Yay! Yeah. At the end of his uh, eight run winning streak, uh, they put him back into the great ocean. Oh, he probably went out there, had a big night, hooked up with some sort of awesome female octopus, and, and then, then got, got eaten. eaten. <laughs> Or maybe he taught the children of Atlantis how to play a game of football. Can't wait for that inevitable human octopus soccer match. <laughs> We're oh, going to be creamed we, by those yeah, no, They can, monsters. like, camouflage in and, like, uh, get through the ho- the holes. Yeah, all the holes. You know holes what? They'll get are- into the hole, into the ball, and then they'll become a sentient ball. We're almost out of time. We've got time for one oh, last octopus oh. fact each. Oh, well, we were talking, you just mentioned camouflage octopus, and there's obviously mm-hmm. one of the other most distributed YouTube videos about octopuses are those ones where they just blend into their background. Oh, right? yes. And Masters. it's incredible. Like, are they, what they're called for those playing at home, chromatophores. I was thinking that. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking probably it'd be chromatophores. Yeah. So, anyway, that's their, like, skin is just covered in these chromatophores and they are so responsive to the outside environment. They can replicate flashing lights, strobing rings. Like, it is unbelievable the sort of scope of their ability to mimic their environment and change colors. And they even seem to have sort of, like, even when they're not becoming camouflaged, they'll often just sort of, like, flow colors along their skin. And for a long time, everyone was like, maybe this is a form of communication. Maybe this is, how you know, they how they, like, interact. Their society gets built. Oh, Octolantis. No. Octolantis. <laughs> but then they realize that in the octopus's eye, it's, they appear to be colorblind. There's not enough photoreceptors to discern color. So, what so like, this is a bit of a mystery. Then they discovered that there are also photoreceptors all through their skin. So, it's kind of like linked into that neuronal network from the beginning. So, they can can taste, they can smell, and they can also probably see from their arms. I mean, again, how you would knit all this together into a single, (laughs) like, conscious entity, Ah! no one knows. Ah! But then the weird thing is, those were also colorblind. 
So somehow they can discern color from the outside world, but without what? using light in the traditional way that we understand They're it. More highly evolved than yeah. us. This is all I can. Optimus they can feel President. color. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm. Uh, Emily, last fact. Um, so the common octopuses will collect crustacean shells and other objects to construct fortresses or gardens around their lairs, and other octopuses carry shells for protection, i.e. shell shields. <laughs> uh, okay, it wouldn't be me doing something amazing episode unless I somehow managed to weave robots To be into fair, it. it's been a whole animal episode, so I'm allowing you a robot fact. Okay, so apparently octopus arms are like the gold standard for robots. Because they're like, if we can get something this movable and like ability to grip stuff, uh, yes, we're winning at robots. Uh, so, German robotics company Festo has created a new bot that's inspired by an octopus arm. Ooh. It's called that's the cool. Octogripper. Um, and basically, the way it works, I watched a video about it, um, but it's basically a, a pneumatically controlled silicon structure that when you give it an object, it like bends around it and then it's got like two rows of vacuum cleaners like suction cups Mm -hmm. and so they suck in and like grab uh, the object with like a vacuum uh, and then can just like move it around and stuff as well oh cool yeah it is cool yeah I want an octo gripper (laughs) I want to replace my own arms with octo grippers (laughs) well you can maybe add some in what an amazing episode thank you Luke Ryan thank you so much for having me hey hey Luke Ryan yeah what would you recommend? Don't eat octopus. Very yeah, good. Especially straight out of the brain as well. Mm. I recommend not thinking about octopuses too long because they will definitely send you down a scary road in your brain that there's no turning back from. <laughs> they are aliens on Earth. They are utterly unknowable. I recommend just doing a YouTube search for oh, best yeah. octopus video. Like when they pretend they're a different animal. Oh, That's the best. And like there was this one that I saw like trying to escape from the, the camera and then it did the squidding shot and then it was like a magic trick. It was like smoke ball gone. It was wicked. Uh, I recommend emailing in at hello something amazing at gmail.com if you have any uh, octopus facts. No, or, no, we're done with octopuses uh, now. So we can do our second episode of octopus <laughs> facts. Uh, and hey, how about just any cephalopods in general? Actually, like, you yeah, can just expand it any out. Any cephalopods. Some, yeah, cephalopodosode. <laughs> while you're on the. Cephalopodcast. <laughs> while you're. Oh, we got there. <laughs> uh, while you're uh, on the internet, leave us a, a review. Fiver. A fiver. No. No, no fourvers. Someone brought up the, the, the even the notion of a fourver to me recently, no. and my blood was boiling. No, minimum five stars, and then whatever review you want. Um, tell your mates, and bye. Bye. bye.